Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hey, we want to welcome everybody joining us today at all of our Christ Fellowship locations and everybody joining us online. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, the granddads, the uncles, big brothers, spiritual dads. We we love you so much and we're so glad to be celebrating Father's Day with you. And dad, happy Father's Day to you. I I am blessed. I can't imagine having a better dad than you and you have been a spiritual dad to so many in our church and I'm just, we love you so much. Well, son, I'm excited on this Father's Day week weekend that we get to teach this lesson together. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to talk about, not just to the dads today, but we're going to talk to everybody today about a topic that uh, really hits everybody right where you are. We're going to talk about dad issues. In fact, it's a hot topic, having father issues on Father's Day. In fact, there's thousands of articles and and books and podcasts about people um, that are dealing with their dad issues. So on this Father's Day, we're going we're gonna to dive into maybe a little bit deep waters here, but also talk about how it applies to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, some uh, people, their dad wasn't there for them growing up. And so they, they walk through life with a sense of maybe lacking in that relationship, or that relationship is strained, and they haven't maybe gotten the affirmation that they needed growing up, or they felt like they didn't measure up to what their, what their dad wanted them to do in their life. And so they, they walk through, this, uh, through life with a bit of insecurity. They carry that with them. Right. You know, my, my father was physically there, but he didn't know how to give affirmation or emotional or spiritual support uh, during my early years. But I was blessed to have a grandfather who stepped in to kind of fill that void in my life. But a lot of men have not had that no. void filled in their life. And, and that's the challenge. Right. And as a result, then they don't know how, since they didn't receive that kind of love, they right. don't know how to, to give that, that kind of love. And, and, you know, I was thinking as we were preparing for this, Dad, that um, uh, I always knew that you loved me. Like, I grew up knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that you loved me. I never once, there was never one day in my life that I doubted your love for me. Uh, and yet, uh, there was still something inside of me that made me think I had to, um, I had to work to keep your love for me. Not, nothing you did. It was like I felt like I had to perform. So even with the best of dads in the world, you can still have dad issues and have insecurities. And the problem comes is when we project any broken or unhealthy relationship with our earthly father onto our heavenly father. Yes, Like that we think um, because maybe your earthly father was angry or disappointed in you, you then begin to think that God is angry or disappointed in you. Because your earthly father maybe was absent or distant or uh, emotionally unavailable, you somehow put that on God and people will think, well, then God is absent or God doesn't care about what I'm going through. So on this uh, Father's Day, uh, we're gonna better understand our relationship with our heavenly father and how we can walk in confidence as sons and daughters of God. And we're also gonna jump into how we as earthly dads right. need to echo the voice of our heavenly father over our own children. Is that okay? That's what we're gonna jump in today. So let me lead us in a word of prayer and then we'll dive in. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your word that teaches us very clearly, God, how you see us as your children and then how we as earthly parents can Echo your voice over our children. So we pray that as we jump into this word today, you would teach each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
You know, Tom, all of us remember uh, just uh, a short time ago when in the midst of the COVID crisis, the hospitals had basically shut all family and friends from coming in to visit. And our daughter, Noelle, your sister, was getting ready to go in for surgery and we could not be with her. We, we literally had to drop her off at the front door of the hospital. And how hard was that, especially for mom? I mean, yeah. wanting to be there to mother her daughter through yeah. this time. So the night before surgery, Donna came to me and she said, uh, she looked at me and she said, your daughter needs you. She needs her father. I mean, boom, there it was. So I, I went in our daughter's room and she was battling with a little bit of anxiety going in to have this surgery. No one could be there with her. And so I, I opened the word of God and I prompted her on three very important things she needed to remember about herself and her relationship with God. And so I gave those to her, prayed over her, and I said, baby, you need to write these down, and anytime anxiety starts to come over you again, just remind yourself of these three things. So we took her to the hospital, we dropped her off, it was so hard, Donna wanted to stay in the parking lot. I said, baby, I'm not gonna sit in the parking lot for all this pre-op and surgery and post-op and we'll, you know, whatever, we can pray for at home as well as here. If you wanna come up there, okay. But I, so I drove home and, and we get there. Well, the time we got home, we got a little text from Noella and she uh, uh, sent us a little picture too that she had. She said, dad, I wrote down the three things uh, you told me, and uh, I've been showing them to people in the hospital. I said, really? She said, oh, yeah. And, and they're all asking me questions about it. And she said, and one nurse said to me, when she found out what it meant, she said, you know, I don't believe in tattoos, but I may get that tattooed right. on me, you know. Right. And, and so she had written down the three things I'd given her uh, to remind her of who she was in Christ, and she wrote them down in her hand. And I think we have a picture of this. I want to show this. So look at this, if, if, I hope you can see this on, on the picture. But she really wrote down called, loved, and kept. Right. Now when I went into the room that night, Todd, with, with your sister, I, I opened up the Bible to the book of Jude, chapter one, verse one. And Jude addresses the early saints of God with this word. He said to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Right. Think about that. We are called, yep. we are loved, and we are kept. Right. And so I reminded Noel on that first night before surgery, I said, baby, you're called of God. Yeah. You know, God's with you, and, and he who began a good work, he's gonna carry it through to completion. You are loved by the Father. He will be with you every step of the way. Even though mom and dad can't be with you in the hospital room, God will be with you. Right. The Lord will hover over you and cover you. And remember, you can be secure in the fact that you're being kept by Christ. He will keep you in that dynamic. And so that's what really was the key to this. And then I started contemplating this, Todd, yeah. that really that's the Father's calling that's upon us to instill in our children yeah. these truths, yes. that they're called, they're loved, yeah. and they're kept in Christ. So let's jump in a little deeper to that. Can we do that? And the first one is where um, the word of God says in Jude, it says you're called. So fathers, our challenge is to help our children understand they are called by God. They are unique in their creation. 
but they were created by God and for God, it says in Colossians 1.16. And we need to help our children understand that all the time. And then I reminded Noel, I said, Noel, you're called of God, and he who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion. So you have nothing to fear because you're walking in the purposes of God. So everything is going to work together for your good, Noel, because you're called of God. You know, Todd, we're living today in a culture that is struggling so much with this whole question of identity. Truly, there is an identity crisis going on in our world today. And, And you know, it's the enemy's plan and plot to try to rob our children of their true identity because if he can rob them of their true identity, guess what? He then robs them of fulfilling their true divine purpose. Right. And then that renders them ineffective about their life. And they go through life trying to search and figure life out, not really knowing the purpose of their life because that's found in their identity. Todd, you have used many times this scripture, and I love it, found in the message in Ephesians 1.11, and it reads like this. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Fathers, grandfathers, our responsibilities help our children understand they are called of God. And with that sense of calling comes purpose and direction in our lives. And when we live with that purpose, Todd, I I have found implied in my own life, then we understand how to apply the principles of God to help us fulfill the principle and the purpose that God has ordained for us. And so that gives us that kind of sense of direction. It gives us a foundation for our lives. And so when the pressures of culture come and the changing times come and try to influence us, we can stand firm in understanding who we are in Christ and we we don't give in to the pressure. So we we live by principle, not Not by by pressure. You know, this actually saved my life. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I, I was hanging out at a local drive through restaurant and some guys pulled up in a 56 Chevy. And by the way, if you don't know what a 56 Chevy is, it's one of the coolest cars ever made, a 56 Chevy. And three of my friends were in the car and a guy in the back seat was my friend who lived just down the road from me and we played football together. And they said, come on, Mullins, let's go cruising together. So man, hey, I get to hang out in this cool car with these guys. I had my foot in the back seat ready to get in already when I noticed all three of the guys had a bottle of beer. So I had a decision to make. Am I gonna get in this car with those guys drinking or not? So they kept pressuring me, come on, Mullins, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. But I knew, boom, it's like my grandfather's words echoed my mind. Son, don't let pressure cause you to compromise your standard or your principles you're living by. I knew I should not be in that car, so I backed out of that car even though they were pressuring me to get in that car because I knew that's not where I needed to be. Later that night, I'm driving home out of Hamilton, Ohio, up Route 4, up out of Hamilton, Ohio, just north Cincinnati, saw a burst of flames, a car had got in a drag race, lost control, hit an embankment, threw all three of the riders of the car out of the car. By the time I arrived on the scene, the police were already there, ambulances were there, and I noticed the car was a 56 Chevy, and it was the very car that I'd been invited to step into that night, but principle kept me out of it. And I had the sad, tragic 
experience in my life so early on, just being 16, Todd, I was 16 years old, when I found my friend, Benny, lying in a ditch on that dark road that night, and he had been killed in that accident. I would have been sitting right beside him in that car. When we teach our children the principles of God and the calling of God upon their life, it was there, it was something that will protect them and guide them and bless them and help them. And, and, and we can live by those things. They're trustworthy. They're trustworthy. And, and here's the other thing. I, dads and grandfathers, I want you to know this. Your words that you speak over your children, reminding them or calling, are so important because those words have echoed over my life. My grandfather spoke those words of affirmation. He'd say, Tommy, God has a calling upon your life. And what that does when we live our lives according to God's principles, I love this scripture Todd found in Proverbs 3. One and four said, my son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart, and then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Yeah. You, Dad, you always did that for me. You gave me a sense of confidence since I was very young that I could do something with my life. And it wasn't just a, a self-confidence, but it was understanding who I was in God yes. and attaching my life to an eternal purpose. And that had go. nothing to do with being a pastor because I wasn't gonna no. be a pastor. I no. was gonna be a doctor. And you were like, well, Todd, whatever you do, Man, God's got a calling on your life. Right. You're called of God. Whatever purpose you step into, man, in the same way that... Um, we as earthly dads need to do that to our children. Our Heavenly Father, all throughout Scripture, is constantly reminding you that there's a calling on your life. There's yes. a purpose yes. on your life. That verse in uh, Ephesians 1.11, uh, in a different version, says, before you were even born, God gave you a destiny. Yes. And, and right. Ephesians 2, the very next chapter, he says, you're a masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago, before you were even born. God covered your life with purpose, covered you with destiny, yes, has yes. a calling on you regardless of what it is that you do. I mean, he's got a calling and a purpose on your life and you need to know the heavenly father, your heavenly father, speaks that over you today. There's a verse in Colossians chapter three that says whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart. Right. Once you say that last part with me out loud, wherever you are, as though you were working, working for, for the Lord, Lord and not for, for people. people. Because you're working for the Lord. So whatever it is that you do in your life, That's it. You, you, you're running your business, you're doing it for the Lord, right? You, you're closing that deal, you're doing it for the Lord. You cleaning up the house after the kids, it's as if you're cleaning up after Jesus. Now I know Jesus would, not make a mess like your kids made a mess, right? But, but, but you're doing it as unto the Lord. Whatever exactly. you do, what you need to understand is it's holy when you do it for the Lord. Now, we tend to separate things out in our life between um, the sacred and the secular. Like, we think things that are sacred are like coming to church like this and our Bible study and prayer time, and that's, that's holy. Right. And then all the other stuff that we go do to the gym and grocery store and work, that's secular. But secular, by definition, means worldly or without God. And the truth is, there is no place on the earth that is, has to be without God. 
God can be with you every place you are, everywhere you go. You carry with you the very spirit of God in you. So what you're doing is full of his purpose and full of life when you do it as unto the Lord. And um, I think as earthly fathers, we have the responsibility to echo the voice of God over our kids, Amen. Uh, helping secure their identity and helping them know, Dad, that the, uh, the truest thing about them is what God says about them. And you did that for me over and over again so that I knew that I was called of God. And I'm watching you do that over your son and your daughter, so I, I, I love that. Well, you know, dads, uh, the second thing that, that uh, Jude brings out to us here for the calling of a father is not only help our children understand their calling, but also for them to know God's love. Yep. To know God's love, and, and here's what I know. We were created to be loved. Yes. It, it, it's in our DNA, it's in our emotional, spiritual DNA to receive love and, and to be a channel of giving that yes. love. And, and fathers, I want you to know, it's our responsibility, it's our responsibility to allow the love of God to flow through us in such a rich way that our children experience the love, not only of an earthly father, but it opens their hearts to receive the love of their heavenly father. And they can know and experience that in their own life. The apostle Paul, he does his best to try to describe that love. When, when, when he says in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So men, the more we allow the love of God to flow through us yeah. and our lives to our children, the easier it is for our children to be open to experience his divine love in their life. Yeah. And that love, Todd, is transformational is. in their lives. Yeah. You know, I, I said this a little earlier about my dad. Uh, my dad was a good man, a hardworking man. He expressed his love to his family by providing for the family. But he, he grew up in a family that never expressed affection, never said the words, I love you, didn't any of that stuff. You know, but praise God, I had a grandfather who, who expressed that word and, and was affectionate with me. But, but the one thing dad did do to express his, uh, his love and support of me is, is every football game, he would show up. Now, he was a truck driver. He drove a big old uh, Cummins diesel truck, and he would drop his trailer somewhere. And I'd, hear, I'd be waiting. I'd be on a football field preparing for a game, but I'd be waiting to hear the downshifting of that yeah. Cummins diesel truck coming. That means Dad was heading away. Boom, 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 boom. And I knew Dad was there. So when Dad was there, I'm ready to go. So one night, Todd, we, well, I was playing this game on a Friday night up in Southern Ohio, and uh, I had a really good game. And for three quarters, I, I ran for 276 yards, scored five touchdowns. And uh, I mean, I was having a good game. So when the game was over, I ran right to my father like a little puppy dog, and I'm, I'm wanting Dad just to pet me and tell me good game. He couldn't even tell me good game. He pointed out the tackles I missed. He pointed out the plays I should have made, a ball I dropped one pass that was thrown to me, I dropped. And he was going on and on. I mean, Dad, can't you just at least say, good game, son? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know we were playing Rosarian School for the Blind, but I had a good game. Come on. Come on, Dad. Give me some affirmation. 
But, when, but I was gravitated to my, my, my uh, grandfather's family because that's where I got affirmed. And people gravitate to that. We all need affirmation. And men, you may not have received it growing up, but you need to learn how to give it to your children. You need to speak that affirmation over your children. You know, even God, the Father, spoke the affirmation over Jesus, That's right. the Son. If you remember at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, it, it says when he came up out of the water that the heavens opened up. And in Matthew chapter 3, uh, God's voice speaking says, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Leave that up for just a minute. Look at that. It says, this is my, there's identity in that. This is my son, right? right? And then there's love declared, whom I love, and affirmation. With him, I am well pleased. And I'm thinking if Jesus needed a wow. declaration and affirmation of God's love over his life, how much more do our kids need to yes. hear that from us, right? And, and I think, Dad, I grew up so secure in God's love because I was so secure in your love. Like I, like I said, never doubted that you loved me. Even when you had to... Um, uh, correct me, and I felt your love on my backside. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I felt yes. it. He's got strong hands, right? Somehow, <laughs> I still knew that you loved me. Like, I still knew, I think you got me in your arms after you had to, like, yeah. correct me, and I would cry, and look at, and you were crying, going, I really just want you to know the difference between <laughs> right and wrong, and I'm like, I know, and I was wrong, and so, yeah. but, I, but the way you did it just helped me know I was secure in God's love, and I, I think uh, there's a lot of people that did not get that kind of love from their earthly father, so they can't imagine that their heavenly father loves them so unconditionally. And so we have a tendency to uh, perform a certain way to try to think if I do this, then God's gonna like me, but if I do these things, then God's not gonna right. like me anymore, right. as if right. his love is conditional. It's not. His promises are, but his love is unconditional. Nowhere in the Bible does it say his love is conditional. In fact, what's in the Bible in Jeremiah 31, 3, God says, I have loved you with a, what, look at that, everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. So God's love is everlasting, which means it's not gonna run out. God's love is unfailing. It's, it, it's, it's, you can depend upon it. It's a chase you down kind of love. It makes me think of um, the story of the prodigal son. You might remember right. that story. Uh, the son asks his father for his inheritance before the father has even died, and he takes that money, and he goes on the run and lives a wild life, and then uh, runs out of the money and finds himself without any friends or anybody, and he's having to feed pigs for a living. So you got a Jewish boy trying to feed pigs, going so hungry that he ends up starting to eat what he's feeding the pigs. He comes to his senses and says, even the servants back in my father's house have better off than I do. Right. So he decides, I'm gonna go back to my father, not to be a son anymore, because I've, I've lost the right for that. Like what I've done is, is so bad and so wrong that I, he could never accept me back as his son, but maybe he'll take me back as as a servant or as a slave. And so he makes his way back home and he's rehearsing in his mind what he's gonna say to his dad. And it says in Luke 15, 20, that while he, the son, was still a long way off, the father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And if you read the story, the son starts giving all these excuses for uh, you know, why he made this mistake and he doesn't wanna be the son anymore. The dad doesn't even listen to him. Doesn't even pay attention to what the son's saying. He just tells the other servants, hey, go get the robe and bring me some sandals for my boy. And he's hugging on his son. And he says, kill the fatted calf for my son has come home. Now the reason that Jesus teaches us this lesson is to help us get a clear picture That's right. of your heavenly father's love 
for you that no matter what you've done, nothing you can do can make him stop loving you. He's gonna come chasing you down and see, as soon as he sees you turn towards you. He, he's the father that's looking for you, waiting for you, right? And in fact, I believe some of you need to run home to the father on this Father's Day. Like there's a heavenly father that's waiting for you. And today you're gonna have an understanding of his love like maybe never before because you're never gonna be able to be who you're supposed to be and love people. And if you're a parent, love your children the way you need to until you fully understand and embrace God's love for you. In the same way that we as earthly fathers have to communicate this, this has been so communicated to us, God loves you. You're called, you're loved, and the third thing we learned there out of Jude is you are kept. You're kept. And Todd, I wanna make one more comment about the love part, is that this, no matter how old your children are, they still need the Father's words of affirmation and love. Yes. And, and I try to, Todd, when I communicate with you, or, or Julie, yep. or Noel, or Jefferson, or Cassie, anyway, I try to tell you every day, I love you. I try to close out my text with, love you, Dad. Yep. I, I just wanna keep speaking those words yep. over you. And if, if, if you've not done that, fathers, you can start now, start okay? Yep. It's never too late to become the man of God and the father yep. that God has ordained you to be. Okay, let's jump into this last one real quick. So Jude says, to the called and loved by the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. I love that. Kept, I'm kept. Our children need to know they are secure in Christ. They are kept by Christ. Todd, as you know, there's a spirit of anxiety that's loose in our culture today, and it's attacking especially our children. When you see what our teenagers are dealing with today and what everyone's dealing with today, right. the, this whole challenge of anxiety, it is a spirit. It, it's a spirit that's going on. And, and I love the word of God is there to reinforce us and remind us that we are secure in Christ. I love what the writer of Hebrews said. It says in Hebrews 13, five, quoting really from the book of Deuteronomy where God says to his people, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. The Holy Spirit has been given to us, not only to guide us, but to protect us and empower us to face the challenges of life. Yep. I also love what Paul says in Romans 8, 31. He says in there, if God be for us, yep. who can mess with us? Yep. That's Coach's translation. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, and then I love in, in 2 Timothy, here it is, God did not give us a spirit of fear, nope. but of power, love, and that of self-control. Yep. When we realize that we're kept by Christ, then there is a confidence that comes over us that really God is there to sustain us and help us face every challenge and overcome it. We are more than conquerors right. through Christ right. who has saved us. And greater is he that's within yeah. us than he that is within the world. Amen. Now here, I, I wrote a book one time, Todd, you know, called The Confidence Factor. And I believe that confidence is the winning edge in life. Yep. And when we have our confidence in Christ, we really have the winning edge in life. Yep. And then we can declare with Paul, I can do all things yep. through Christ who gives me strength. Yep. You know, Todd, one of our, our great athletes from our Port St. Lucie campus was down visiting uh, with me uh, recently. And, and this was back really over our Christmas break in and, and he was sharing with me some of the challenges having a college year. He is in the Big Ten uh, playing. He just, you know, he's a great athletic young man. 
But then there were, he was telling me about some of the challenges with anxiety and the spirit of anxiety. And not only he, but his other teammates are facing. And so I shared with him this simple little message from Jude. I said, you're called, you're loved, you're kept. And I said, I want you to post this somewhere where you can see it every day and remind yourself of who you are in Christ. You're called, you're loved, and you're kept. And then the spirit of anxiety will have to flee from you when you recognize who you are in Christ. And so um, it was sometime later, he sent me this uh, photo from his dorm room with his teammate. I want you to look at this. They're standing there. They posted this on a poster board. Uh, I'm called, I'm loved, and I'm kept. Now, I don't know if you can see way down in the corner of that, but it says, do not erase. I love this. We're leaving it up. And you know what? We need to post this in our lives. But most of all, we need to post this on the hearts of our children's lives. That they are called and loved by the Father and they are kept by Jesus Christ. Yeah, I love that you, uh, you don't limit that voice of affirmation to just your biological children. But you have echoed that just in that one example over you know, thousands of people individually and then corporately. But it, it teaches all of us that we have a beautiful opportunity to be that voice over the sons and daughters of this house. Remember in this race to get there first, right. there's some things that the world's not gonna tell them that we gotta tell them, that we have to be the ones professing it and declaring it and prophesying to them so that that lands in their spirit and their heart because understanding who they are in Christ is gonna be the foundation of the success security of their life. It's going to help them know that God is there. God is for them. God is with them, ever, ever present. Like he's the ultimate helicopter parent. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, the, that's the, our Heavenly Father. I, I remember a story when, um, when Jefferson, our son, first started driving. I, uh, both my prayer life and my insurance went up, right? All the parents are like, I know, can't believe it. So we, we spent those few months, you know, where you're driving together with the driving permit, but the, the day came when he had to go solo. And I remember we had driven back and forth between school and the house multiple times to make sure he would not get lost on the way and, and at which intersections to avoid. And so I released him on that day. I'm like, okay, you've got this. Just text me when you get there. And uh, so he texted when he got there. And then when he was leaving, I said, text me so I know when you're coming home. And he texted me uh, when he was leaving. And so he texted and said, I'm leaving now. I said, okay. Well, I knew that it took about 15 minutes to get from the school to our driveway. In fact, it actually took 14 minutes and 22 seconds. I, I, yeah, sorry, I timed it. And uh, so after about, I was home that day with Julie. We were working on some things. And I remember at about 15 minutes, I realized he wasn't home. I was like, ah. Oh. By 17 minutes, my heart starts pumping. I'm like, what is going on, right? I'm getting a little nervous, breaking out in a cold sweat. By 18 minutes, I'm calling him on the phone to go, where are you? Like, what's happened? I didn't have a little tag on his car, so I had no idea where he was yet. I have that now. Um, but so it, it rang and rang and rang and went to voicemail. So now I'm really like freaking out. Like he's not picking up. He's dead on the side of the road somewhere. I've got to go find him. So I leave Julie at home and I race over to the school. I, I drive through the, the school parking lot. Don't find his car anywhere. Uh, meanwhile, I'm calling him the whole time. I'm looking down side roads, wondering if he broke down on the side of the road, checking all the routes, expecting to see, you know, ambulances and fire trucks and fire rescue somewhere, but I don't see anything. 
So Julie calls me and she said, Todd, maybe, maybe he went to the gym because his gym is in between the house and the school. So I drove over to the gym, ran inside, looking around at people working out, and he's not there. They're thinking, what is this man doing? Looking at us working out, this is weird. So I get back in my car to leave, and as I'm driving out, Jefferson was outside with a group of guys running. They were jogging down the street. So I'm racing by this, this place, and he sees me, and I, I see him look at me like, why are you here? And I remember just going, okay, play it cool, play it cool. So I'm like, hey, hey. And I just kind of like awkwardly drove off, embarrassed, thinking, Todd, you've got to cut the umbilical cord. Like this is like, let it go. But as I was reminded, that is probably how God looks out over you. Not, not the crazy, worried, freaking out part, but the part of always there, present, right there if you need him watching over you, watchful eye, never gonna leave you, never gonna forsake you. He's right. got you, he's, he's right. watching you. And with that sense of confidence that God is there for you, you're able to face whatever it is that God has in front of you. I want us to pray a couple prayers today on this Father's Day. And dad, I, 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 want, to, um, I want you to, first of all, maybe pray over all the dads and the, and the granddads and um, spiritual dads in the house. And that, like you said, it's never too late for us to, to be who we're supposed to be. And so maybe... In all of these different areas, there's an area you can work on and improve and pray for that, that we would help our kids know uh, who they are. And then I wanna pray a prayer over all the, all the kids of the house, which is us, the kids of the Heavenly Father, that we would understand who we are in Christ, that we're loved and called and kept. And if you're here today and maybe on this Father's Day, you need to run home spiritually to your father. And uh, his arms are wide open. Yes. What, what better time than on Father's Day? for you to get your relationship with your heavenly father right. And so I'm gonna pray that second prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your divine love. And you loved us so much that you gave your son Jesus so that we could know you in a true personal way. And Lord, that you have called each of us uniquely. And I, I pray God that we as, as men and as fathers and grandfathers will understand the calling that's upon our life to help our children and grandchildren embrace their calling yep. and to help them to know your love as we love them and allow your love to flow through us and that they will find a confidence and security in life knowing that Christ is with us. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to indwell us and to protect us and guide us and, and guard us in every step of our lives. And I pray that we will take up our responsibility. We will man up and become the men, the fathers, the grandfathers you've called us to be, speaking over our children that they are called, they are loved, and they are kept in Jesus Christ. And as we continue to pray, Lord, I just pray for every person here today and those joining online that, Lord, we would walk in the confidence and assurance of our Heavenly Father's love over us today, that that would bring a peace, that anxiety would flee because we're kept in your hands, that you're a watchful God, that you care for us and that you love us. And there's absolutely nothing we have to do to earn that love. We just have to receive it and walk in it as your sons and daughters. And we, as we continue to pray with every head bowed here today, um, for some of you, you need to get your relationship with Jesus right. You need to get your relationship with God the Father right, and that is through a relationship with Jesus. And so uh, maybe your relationship isn't where it needs to be. I wanna pray this prayer, and if you would say, Todd, include me in this prayer, that on this Father's Day, I could get my relationship with my Heavenly Father right, that I could accept his love and his grace in my life. If that's you, and you say, include me in this prayer, right where you are, just raise your hand up. 
Let me see those hands. Yeah, hold them up high, all locations, even online if you're joining with us. Just, you're saying, I wanna get my relationship yeah. with God right today. Yeah. Let's pray this prayer out loud. And those of you with your hands up, this is your prayer. So you pray just a little bit louder. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. And go on my own way. Go on my own way. Come into my life. Come into my life. And be the Lord over my life. Be the Lord over my life. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. The best I know how. The best I know how. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today for all those that made that decision. Yes. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.